been searching for a podcast that shows up in your nightmares. One that shakes you to your core. Look no further. This is the Eerie Parlor. Short stories inspired by urban legends, real life experiences, folk tales, or nightmares. Take your seat and help yourself to the refreshments. Now we begin. Here's your host, Lady of the Woods. Welcome to the Eerie Parlor. I'm your host for tonight. Come, here, have some tea and cookies. I just took these goodies out of the oven. Oh, you want to hear a scary story? Of course, I know lots of those, but are you brave enough to listen? All right, this one was told to me by an acquaintance of mine. In the modern world, folk tales are the dying heart of a culture. As time goes on, the power of each spoken word, once a great treasure, is abandoned by its own people. One storyteller often spoke of wisdom and inspiring grandeur, but sometimes their message was simple, a warning. One such tale comes from Pueblo de Muñecas, a small secluded town, so forgotten most maps neglect to chart its existence. As all folk tales begin, its tale was passed down through many generations until now only the Santos family continues this oral tradition. The members of this family were often met with deaf ears and disbelief that grew as time went on, until there came a time when words were not enough to keep people out of a particular forest. Listen carefully. If you hear cries echoing from the trees, pretend that you did not. A single step within the woods may as well be your last. You may hear your mother try to call you home, but please, no matter how cruel it may seem, ignore her song. But if she comes close, do not run, do not lie. Follow her. Play along with her games until she lets her guard down. Whatever it is isn't very smart, but it is very fast in particular about being tidy. And most important of all, whatever you do, do not look into her eyes. That is exactly what she wants. There once was a group of Santos siblings that didn't pay heed to their family's oral tradition. They were spoiled rotten since the Santos family owned most of the town and even had a playground on their estate, surrounded by a fortified chain-link fence all to themselves their own little paradise away from town. Janet was the eldest sister of the trio, followed by her brother Caleb, and last Charlie. Charlie was the sweetest, most precious boy, with locks of hair more golden than honey. While playing outside one day, a sudden gust of wind billowed through the empty playground, dragging Caleb's kite along with it. He tried to catch it, but missed, watching it drop a few meters beyond the tall wire fence that separated the town from the forest. Seeing it caught on a bush just beyond the fence, 
Caleb began to walk over when a hand grabbed his shoulder from behind. It was his older sister, Janet. And where do you think you're going? Janet said, holding him back and turning him around to face her. Uh, getting my kite? Caleb smugly replied. Looking sternly into his eyes, she explained that the kite belonged to the woods now and that crossing the fence would be too dangerous. She promised that she would convince their parents to buy him another one. Caleb disagreed, gesturing towards the kite with both hands and whining, Oh, come on, Janet, it's literally right there. Again, Janet refused, suggesting he find another activity to do that would be more fun. She added, You know what Mom said. Don't enter those woods, even if we hear her call us from there. You don't want her to ground you again, do you? Look at Charlie. He's not even complaining, and he's only five. She pointed at their younger brother, who was now drawing a picture in the dirt with his finger. Caleb scoffed. Exactly. He's five. He still believes in things like that. Don't tell me you actually believe those stories. Mom and Dad only tell us that to stop us from having fun. Ugh! I can't do anything around you, stupid. He stomped away, finally coming to a stop on the swing. He kept protesting to himself, talking about his life wasn't fair and that it was always so boring at home, and how he wanted to at least do something fun while they were outside at the playground. Sensing his growing anger, Janet gently placed her hand on his shoulder while lowering her voice, saying, Hey, I'm just looking out for you guys. You might hurt yourself. Mom's going to kill me if anything happens to you again. He glanced back at the kite, his face lighting up as a thought crossed his mind. Looking at Janet excitedly, he asked Janet if they could all play hide-and-seek together. Relieved, Janet agreed and instructed Caleb to close his eyes and start counting by the swings. Caleb refused, insisting that he should be the one to hide first, since he just suffered the loss of his favorite kite. She reluctantly turned away, covering her eyes and counting down from a thirty. That's when she heard a noise that sounded like the rattle of a fence. She knew exactly what was happening. She whipped around to where the sound was coming from to see Caleb already at the top of the metal fence. Hey, get down here, she shouted angrily. He stuck his tongue out and mocked her by repeating what she said. Janet rushed to the fence, but Caleb was already over and running for the kite. Before he reached it, the wind picked it up and it disappeared into the trees. He looked back to see Janet halfway up the fence. What about Charlie? he yelled knowing she would not abandon her brother. She fumed, but dropped from the fence. Caleb laughed and trotted into the woods. Janet screamed his name over and over, but he wouldn't listen. She turned to look back at Charlie, who was looking back at her, ready to cry. Reluctantly, she went back over the fence to get her baby brother so that they could go after Caleb together. After making sure Charlie was securely on her back, she told him to close his eyes and carefully made her way over the fence. Janet was a rule follower, and she knew that she would get in trouble for doing this. Not going into the forest was the one rule that her parents had lectured her on the most. But what choice did she have? She had to make sure Caleb got home safe. Shuddering at the thought of her impending lecture, she made her way into the woods after Caleb while holding Charlie's hand. She was worried about what she would find, but she knew that she had to go after her stubborn brother. She was the eldest Santos child, after all. After some time, they found Caleb sitting by a river, happily flying his kite. 
He felt his sister's glare and looked back smiling. While ignoring her scowl, he explained that he was so happy that he had run after the kite because it flew so much higher by the river. She grabbed him by his arm and jerked him and the kite back towards her saying, Don't you ever run away like that again. We gotta leave before... She was suddenly interrupted by a soft, sweet voice coming from behind them. Oh my, are you kids lost? They had heard such a beautiful voice before. It was their mother's. But for some reason, the soothing tone of it put them on edge. The once lively forest was now completely silent. All the children could hear was her, their instincts, made the children look down at their feet as soon as she started talking. Caleb gulped. He had doubted his parents' story, but was it actually true? Deciding to err on the side of caution, he decided not to lie to her. N-no. <laughs> actually, we were on our way home, Caleb said. She quickly answered. Oh, you must be tired. Why don't you come with me and have a snack? The woman was standing in front of him now. She wasn't there a moment ago. None of them had heard any footsteps closing in on them. Yet there she was, towering overhead. Janet interrupted, smiling with her eyes closed. We'd love to, please, after you, lead the way, she shakily said. The woman paused, standing there, in silence. The children could feel her strong gaze on the tops of their heads. After what seemed like a lifetime, she turned around and started to shuffle away. The kids all looked at each other, mouthing words to make sure they were thinking of the same thing. Even at only five years old, Charlie understood what was happening. This woman was the reason for their stories their family drilled into their heads. She is what the warning was for. Quickly thinking, Janet quickly snatched the kite from Caleb's hand. The woman suddenly paused and slowly started to turn around. Noticing her sudden change in behavior, the children all froze, quickly falling into silence. Come along, children, she lovingly said. You wouldn't want to get lost in these woods. You don't know what's hiding in between the trees. It's very dangerous here. They all quickly nodded their heads in agreement and looked at their feet. She continued shuffling further into the forest as the children followed behind her, but being careful not to get too close. The light swaying of her floor-length hair was the only thing that could be heard as they walked through the forest. As the solemn group walked, Janet quietly ripped pieces off of the colorful kite, dropping them every few feet so they could hopefully find their way home again. Finally. The children found themselves standing in front of an old shack, overgrown with greenery resembling parsley. The woman spoke again. Come in, come in. You're just in time for dinner. The children quickly nodded. A loud creak sounded through the forest as she opened the tall door of the rundown shack. It looked like it was at least hundreds of years old. When the door finally fully opened, the lady quickly shoveled in towards a long table. <laughs> Everyone, you all behave now. We have guests today, she lovingly whispered towards the table. She slowly turned towards the children. 
Children, take a seat and make yourselves at home. I'll get your food ready, and then after you're finished eating, you will wash up and go to bed. After the children entered, she locked the front door behind her and hurriedly went to the kitchen, muttering to herself excitedly about dinner. The children gathered around a massive circular table with bizarre-looking plushies of boys and girls in every seat except for three. Every doll had a bowl in front of them with a spoon and a napkin. They stared at them, unsettled, as they felt these things weren't mere toys. That's when Caleb poked at one of them. Its limbs were purely cotton, but the insides of its torso were damp and squishy. Suddenly, a smell of rotten meat filled the air as his finger left the doll's chest. Janet swatted his hand away before he could go in for another poke. That's when Janet felt a presence behind her. The woman was towering over her, looking in the direction of the doll. After a moment, the woman sweetly said, <laughs> Lovely, aren't they? Why, little Huey here helped me pick the vegetables for the soup today. He will be the first in the bath tonight since he's a little smellier than the others. She chuckled, wrestling the yarn on the doll's head. She continued and went on and on about how she loved each of these toys, explaining about their names and what they liked. The children agreed and apprehensively laughed about everything she said. They were careful to treat her like she was a ticking time bomb with a trigger in her hand. Caleb was beginning to panic, peeking at the clock every now and then. It felt like she'd been going on and on about the dolls for hours, yet the hands of time said otherwise. Twenty minutes was all that had passed since they'd sat down. Seeing his apprehension, she paused and asked if he was sick. While glancing at his siblings, Janet and Charlie, he stuttered saying, n n no I mean, he yes I, I think I have a fever.' She gasped and reached her palm towards his forehead. Her hands were so cold and dry, he felt as if he was being touched by a wilted tree branch. Oh, dear. Let me see. Desperately holding up Caleb's bowl and turning away, Janet quickly shouted, I, I think it's a soup. It, it's too cold. <laughs> he loves his soup steaming hot. And that's the only way he can eat it without getting sick, right, Caleb? He faked a smile. <sighs> oh, well, why didn't you just say so? <laughs> I'll make you a new patch right away. They nodded silently, feeling her gaze, keeping their heads down, and making sure not to look her in the eyes. As soon as they could hear her walking away towards the kitchen, Janet and Caleb started looking for an exit. Being careful not to look in the direction that the old woman had walked in, Janet scanned the shack until she saw an open window with a freshly baked pie airing out on the windowsill. She looked towards Caleb, who was staring right at her, clearly terrified and unsure of what to do next. She motioned towards the window with her eyes. Caleb nodded in agreement and started to count down from five, motioning silently with his lips. As soon as he mouthed one, they both jumped up from the table. Janet grabbed Charlie's hand and quickly leapt with him after Caleb through the open window. Janet heard a quick shuffling right behind her. The woman was already at the window watching them run away. Children, 
Wait, you forgot your soup. Your brothers and sisters will be sad if you don't eat dinner with them. Don't worry, I'm coming. The children heard her rushing after them with what sounded like dishes banging together. Wide-eyed, Janet screamed at the back, Keep running! Follow the kite! And whatever you do, don't look back! Caleb screamed in fear, picking up his pace, almost leaving Janet and Charlie behind. The children did not realize how deep into the forest they had traveled. Luckily, they were able to see the trail of colorful kite pieces that Janet had dropped. With those, they were managing to make their way back the way they came. The old woman lagged behind as she was trying to be careful not to spill a drop of their soup. Janet was glad that that part of the legend of the creature's habit for tidiness was true. It was what was saving their lives. It almost seemed like they were safe and that she wouldn't catch up to them. That is, until Charlie tripped. Keep running, Caleb! Janet screamed, keeping her eyes down as to not meet the gaze of the woman. As she turned, she found him sitting with his head down next to a tray of soup on the ground. Behind him was a wide, dark piece of fabric that was shimmering, almost like it was covered in tiny stars. Pale, bony feet with skin as white as snow and long toenails as dark as the night sky poked out from beneath the fabric. The woman had gotten to him first. Janet quickly brought her hand up to her face, using it as a barrier from her gaze. She could feel it on her like a heavy blanket. She panicked, shouting, No! Stay away from him! As if she said nothing, she saw a long, spindly white hand reach out for Charlie's cheek. The monster touched him delicately, saying, Are are you okay, dear? Are you hurt anywhere? Charlie was silent, his hands tightly covering his eyes. Janet scanned the ground for anything she could use as a weapon until her eyes met with a falling branch. Janet grabbed it and closed her eyes to swing. She felt the branch make contact with the woman. The woman wailed, falling beside Charlie onto the tray of hot soup. As Janet heard her animalistic wail and the shattering of the bowls, she knew that this was the last time and last chance she ever got to escape. She grabbed in Charlie's direction, hoping to make contact with him and not the creature. Feeling the back of his shirt in her hand, she swiftly whipped him around on her back and started running. As she was running, she heard the woman picking up the jagged pieces of the bowls she broke. Janet thought that she'd be furious and would kill them for hurting her and escaping. But instead, the monster started to cry. That's when she felt Charlie turn his head and say, Mama, are you okay? Shocked, Janet screamed, No! She's not our mama, Charlie. Don't look at her! The creature seemed harmless to Charlie. She was the opposite, the complete opposite of the scary stories their parents would tell them. She hadn't done anything to hurt him, and maybe she never wanted to. Feeling bad for making her cry, he turned to look behind his shoulder to say sorry to the old woman. All she wanted was to invite them over for dinner, right? Not hearing the woman following anymore, she finally reached the river they were at before. She didn't stop. Janet kept running, following the signs of broken branches and disturbed leaves that Caleb had left. They were almost home. 
Feeling relieved, Janet turned her head a bit to reassure Charlie. Hang on, we're almost there, Charlie. She felt the weight on her shoulders grow lighter and lighter the closer they got to safety. They climbed over the fence much quicker than before and fell to their knees with a sigh of relief. She said, we did it. We're back. She looked towards Caleb, whose eyes were wide open. She realized that Caleb wasn't looking at her. He was looking behind her. She tried to look behind her at Charlie, but he was smaller than before. As she felt something dripping down her neck, a soft thud fell behind her on the ground. She turned to see a doll with golden locks of hair and blood leaking from its seams. The blood of her brother's now cotton-filled limbs. She screamed. Caleb stood there in shock, frozen by what he had just witnessed. That's when Janet heard another thud on the floor. Caleb had passed out. As she bent down to both of her brother's bodies, she felt a chill go down her spine. She started to look up and then suddenly stopped seeing a familiar, wide black fabric, knowing what she was about to see. The monster had followed them all the way to the fence and was peering down at them, utterly silent. Janet didn't care about being polite anymore and started screaming every profanity she could towards the creature's direction. That's when the creature started to scream. The sound was so deafening that Janet felt her ears were going to bleed. She closed her eyes and covered her ears, fearing the creature would finish them all off at any moment. The creature suddenly quieted. Janet's ears were ringing, but she could hear a jingling of the fence. Fearing the creature had climbed over, she scrambled to reach for Charlie, but he wasn't there anymore. She frantically looked all around her being careful to not look up too high in fear of meeting eyes with the creature. Charlie was gone. It had taken him, the doll. Janet started screaming over and over, Give me my brother back! Give me my brother back! Hoping that the creature would listen. It never came back. All that could be seen was a trail of blood leading all the way back to the fence that abruptly stopped. When the children were finally found by a housemaid, Janet had lost her voice and her face was swollen from the tears. Caleb was still unconscious. For years, Janet was unable to speak, only repeating the phrase, Give me my brother back. Their parents knew immediately what had happened. Unable to locate the body, they had a closed casket funeral for Charlie. They both blamed themselves for Charlie's fate, and the siblings never recovered. Caleb locked away his memories of that day and grew to disbelieve what had actually happened. To him, Charlie had just been lost in the woods while they were running from an animal, and Janet was just a disappointment he was ashamed to call his sister. Janet remained frozen in that memory forever. She grew up believing in any and every superstition she heard, no matter how ridiculous they sounded. To this day, she passes down the legend to anyone who will listen. So, dear guest, are you listening? Would you answer your mother's call in the forest? Or will you heed this warning and close your eyes?
You've been listening to the Eerie Parlor. Our mission is to terrify you, electrify, and rock you to your core. Each episode is a short horror story inspired by urban legends, real-life experiences, folktales, or nightmares. It's what we do. Join us next time, but in the meantime, find us on Instagram at The Eerie Parlor. You survived another episode. Next time, you may not be so lucky. (laughs) 